What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Greetings, nerds. This is Cena Nerd. I'm your host, Sarah Belmont, and with me, as always, is our Mr. Producer, Will Polk. How are you doing tonight, Will? Doing very well, Sarah. How are you doing? Doing fine. I'm not in any crisis whatsoever. Yeah, can we mark you, check you uh, mark safe uh, on Facebook? Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> Although I like to keep the mystery alive, so maybe <laughs> don't, don't get too ahead. I don't like people knowing where I am at all times of the day. I understand. now since we are about to cover 4.5 or 3.5 hours of tv how many hours of tv are we covering yeah 3.5 we have backup of course we have reoccurring cena nerd guest host tasha hi Hi, Tasha. <laughs> and we also have another reoccurring guest host, Miss Veronica Rose, is here too. Hey, y'all. And we are so lively and energetic because we're so <laughs> worried about over talking one another. <laughs> right? We don't. No. We don't get to have that the talking stick. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. We're just overwhelmed from the still catching our breaths from from the the event and <laughs> um, and, and by by event you clearly are referring to Star Girl trailer correct? That's right. I am talking about Star Girl trailer. What did you what what did you think about it? Why is Luke Wilson in that trailer? Because <laughs> it's funny. So. Uh, apparently Jeff Johns, who is the executive producer of the show, actually wrote that part with Luke Wilson in mind. He, wow. uh, yeah, he, uh, so Stargirl if, is, uh, I'm sure you guys are probably familiar with it, but for our listeners, uh, it's uh, obviously a DC property. It's a uh, teenage, uh, teenage girl who basically stumbles upon her stepfather's um, Justice Society partner's uh, hero gear and uh, becomes uh, becomes a superhero herself. And so I guess this new show is, is going to be on both the CW and also DC Universe. I think it airs first on DC Universe and then, and then air, airs on the CW uh, as part of their expanding television empire but um yeah but that's that's the sort of basic um story line behind behind it and um i i guess jeff john's also like based the character off his uh, his late sister so yeah it yeah you know i i'm i don't know if i'm having superhero fatigue or if i'm just kind of over the the white girl superhero thing that it did not do 
anything for me watching that trailer, like at all. Um, I mean, you know how y'all know how I'm, you know, really big on we need more people of color to start starring in these shows. And it's just another, you know, suburban white girl that gets to have special powers. I'm just eh. (laughs) next. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah, it was pretty much. I didn't dislike the trailer, but there was nothing so epic that jumped out at me that I was like, yes, I really have to watch this. Like, if they're going to do Green Arrow and the Canaries and Supergirl and Batwoman, we already have so many. They could have come up with something a little bit more unique and original for another superhero. There are so many out there, and you're right, more representation, more people of color, that would have been a superior option to what we're getting. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Mm. I think yeah. we're also um, old, and <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I look at that show, and I think to myself, maybe 10 years ago, I would have been, oh, cool, a, a new something something new and a story told. But at this point, I'm thinking and I'm comparing her to all the the current lineup. And you're right about the color. And um, it's a white girl who essentially gets a magic stick. I've been wanting to say that for at least a minute. (laughs) (laughs) And, but, but really, it's also her age. She's the first one in this lineup. I mean, if you don't count, um, lightning on black lightning but who's going to be a high schooler in um who's also a superhero so you're going to get that play and i already have peter parker so i don't i don't know if i need another version of that so i i think i'm i'm with with you veronica where i'm probably at the point of way too many superheroes currently (laughs) dominating my tv screen at the moment yeah yeah, yeah, I I agree that it, it is very very populated universe right now. A lot of shows on us. Actually, I was putting together our list of like for a, a poll that we we're going to be running of the top twenty nineteen shows, and I I was just like I kept adding to it because there's been so many things that are on the air right now, and it it it, it does beg the question have have, have have we reached saturation point uh and i mean I, I could understand them putting it on the dc universe app and having it on the streaming service but the cw is already going to be pretty crowded uh we do possibly you know of the canary show is going to be a backdoor pilot during the ninth episode of arrow and it may or may not get picked up but if it does get picked up then that's another slate of of, sh- of shows so uh you know it does reach a point where it's like okay we're getting pretty full but uh, as far as and it was i mean i liked the trailer i mean i thought it visually it, as far it it looked looked interesting i mean i, I will say that um but uh, but yeah like sarah said we're old <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and maybe it may be a younger demographic it, you know can can enjoy that show but um uh, you know I'll, I'll i'll like like batwoman i'll give i'll keep an open mind give it a try you know watch an episode or two but but at the same time it, you know i uh am not like oh i can't wait for this to come out i like doom patrol season two right right yeah Doom Patrol. Yeah, I'm all about. 
Uh, speaking about mature and elegant and wise superheroes, the Wonder Woman 84 trailer dropped also. I'm ready for this, guys. I'm ready oh, for yeah. this. <laughs> yeah. The yeah. minute I heard the theme music in that trailer, I was like, yes! <laughs> <laughs> I am an 80s kid, and I am living for it. <laughs> Yeah. I looked into Chris's Chris Pine's blue blue eyes. I was like, yes. <laughs> Steve Trevor's back. <laughs> and he's wearing a fanny pack. I mean, like how oh my gosh. So hot so dad can he be? <laughs> Just standing there wondering if the garbage can was art with the fanny yeah. pack. <laughs> that was a great moment, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but you're right, Veronica. The 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 score, that trailer, you know, New Order, and I was just yes. like, I was just like, okay, you got me. Just just go ahead, just fast forward me to June. Just I'm ready. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm ready for the style because just where they show her in that white jumpsuit. Oh my god! Mm-hmm. I was like, yes, <laughs> I cannot wait. And then um, at towards the end with. You know, where she's fighting. Yes, that goal. Oh, my God. Oh, that was amazing. <laughs> I'm like, they need to make that a costume for people to buy. <laughs> <laughs> they probably will. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Marketing tie-in. It's right here. You better trademark that. <laughs> right. <laughs> they, they put a lot of effort into that. They're going to make bank on that outfit. They're probably going to be a special edition Funko Pop with that outfit on it. Yep. You, you know, they're going to go all in on that. This is their big money bringer. I mean, yeah. granted, Aqu- Aquaman did good, but for some reason, I don't know how everyone else feels. I feel like Wonder Woman made more of an impact than Aquaman, um, even if it may. I think it made more money, but I could be wrong about that. I think Aquaman did better, but yeah, the yeah. cultural impact, it, it definitely resonated more than, than Aquaman did, for sure. Absolutely. It's oh, just yeah. a movie. <laughs> I think um, with Aquaman, for for me, the message that I loved so much was about ocean conservation. Mm. And I think that's why, for me, Aquaman was like, like, I was so hooked on it. But when it comes to Wonder Woman, it's, you know, she's just this powerful female, and she's not being turned into, you know, super aggressive. You know, it's nuts. Even though I like sometimes when the female characters are like that but when it comes to Wonder Woman after growing up with watching the Linda Carter Wonder Woman reruns like that's how I want my Wonder Woman to be like just very sweet to very nice but when it comes down to it like she'll kick your butt you know right right and I think that has a lot to do with Patty Jenkins Jenkins directing the movies Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that makes a huge difference than someone like Zack Snyder or another male director behind the scenes exactly yes yeah all right well we're clearly excited about one of those characters (laughs) 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 oh man I I was Shocked to see Kristen Wiig. I did not know that she was going to be a supporting uh, yeah. character in this movie. I Ooh. didn't know that, like, at all. Because huh. I didn't follow a lot of the uh, the hype when they were casting, you know. 
Mm-hmm. So when I saw the trailer and I saw her, I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. She's <laughs> I love be, her. Yeah, and, I, and I'm glad, actually, that they did not. I mean, she's going to be Cheetah, and I'm glad that they did not show her costume or whatever. They're keeping that. Hopefully, they'll keep that under wraps as long as they can. That's oh. who she's going to be? Mm-hmm. Cheetah. Mm-hmm. What? Okay. Yeah, <laughs> wow. So I did not know that either. I'm wow, so Will. Wow. Spoiler alert, Will oh. Paul. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's okay. Because they didn't show her in her um costume. So I'm okay with that because that's gonna be awesome when we get to see it on screen. Just just avoid probably the next few trailers, Veronica, because <laughs> they're going to jump the shark and show it to you and you're gonna be so annoyed at it. Um I will. But but I was gonna mention the same thing. I'm glad they they only showed her a little bit because um, I knew that she was going to be in the movie and who she was. I don't I didn't realize for some reason I had either forgotten or I didn't really figure out um, realize that Pedro Pascal was yeah. in the movie. I had forgotten that too. I did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was really shocked to see him too because I didn't. I mean, like I said, I didn't follow, so I didn't know who was being casted for that. So that's going to be a nice little lineup they got going on. Yeah, and unlike Mandalorian, he actually will be physically there. <laughs> right. But they put that stupid wig on him. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Okay. <laughs> we have like trauma with bad bad wigs at this point. Like I really need to <laughs> not watch another thing with another bad wig. Like <laughs> it's just, I mean, it's that the '80s. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's not a wig. Maybe they did that to his hair. And that's why in The Mandalorian, he never takes off his helmet. Yeah. <laughs> when, he, when he's on set. <laughs> yeah. When he's actually there, you know. All right. Well, before we continue down that weird tangent path, um, we do have a crisis to talk about. Yes. It's only been building for a year. And, and I guess where I want to start, though, is, and Will can vouch for me. For some reason, I had also forgotten that two of the episodes was going to air in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> I was fully prepared for you, five you are, hours. You are, yeah, you were so ready for it. You just wanted it all like, right now. But you're, you're to be forgiven because, again, you're just doing this little thing called moving. So. Yeah. And, and so when I started watching the three episodes, I couldn't help but compare it to Elseworlds and with Elseworlds that was such a complete crossover that there there are definitely some strengths of this three episode arc however I really liked what they did with Elseworlds in the sense that it felt like one complete story from start to finish and there was no delays and you were able to digest it quickly. Um, but it also had a, it was well paced. And with this, I kind of just am thinking to myself, man, we, 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 there, there's two hours left and we have to wait a while to get those fine, to get closure. And so I don't know how everyone else felt about that. Well, for me, no, go ahead. <laughs> okay. For me, I feel like um, the first three hours, there was definitely a bit of a pacing issue. Mm. It, it felt a little bit disjointed. And I feel like definitely because of how much stuff that's supposedly in um, 
hour four with like the anti-monitor and a lot of background stuff, I feel like that's probably going to be very rushed. Mm. I don't know how they're going to work that that part out story-wise, but I'm hoping that they can give us something cohesive to wrap up what they've already done because the way the information was crammed in, I feel like they probably could have done a better job. Yeah. Yeah. At least, like, on the Flash portion. Yeah. Because I feel like Arrow did a lot of good lead-up, but I feel like on the Flash portion and with, you know, certain characters um, for, like... um, Pariah with on the Flash and other characters on Batwoman that we saw in Elseworlds that they could have probably threaded some things in there in the season so that if everybody was watching all the shows it would have felt more cohesive because now it's just like a bunch of name dropping stuff in these first three hours and the story is not flowing as smoothly. Yeah, I felt I felt that the most in the third hour. I think the first the first hour, the Supergirl hour, I thought um, was, you know, I think it, you know, it did it did its part. It set up the universe. I mean, I had just leading up to the the events this week. I hadn't read Crisis in years, so I went back and thanks to the DC app, you could it had the story on there. So, um, you know, I, I think it did a good job of just sort of setting up the universe, establishing what this, you know, what was going on. Um, but the third hour definitely I felt was way overstuffed and it did feel that, uh, there were some critical plot points that could have been, um, expanded on more in that third hour. Really, it probably would have been better to have introduced Ryan Choi in one of the shows earlier in the season. I think you're, you're right, Tasha, that would have been a better place to, to drop him in instead of like during crisis because it took away from you know the really the the, the 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 part that suffered the most to me was the purgatory story yes. oh yeah <laughs> because stupid yeah well, <laughs> we had like this really long speech of iris like trying to get ryan Choi to get on board to be the um whatever of humanity or paragon of humanity and then it's like oliver i'm your brother i love you wake up here's your soul back let's go like hello two yeah. minutes it was like two minutes and i'm like really <laughs> i think this should take a little bit longer he yeah. lost his soul and he's wandering around <laughs> the other world and it took two seconds yeah. really come on yeah 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 because yeah. because they, they set it up very well in the batwoman hour and with batwoman you know, hour was the best hour yeah in my opinion, I love that hour. I felt like this is on par with Elseworlds. And um, I love the team up. Kara and Kate work so well together on screen. And I love their dynamic. All of everything that they did in that second hour, um, maybe not the whole purgatory stuff, but still, <laughs> I really felt like this was a true crossover. And, um, and you're right. The first episode, it was all introduction. Like, this is what's going on. Oh my God, Earths are dying and, and trying to, um, really an introduction into crisis. And then the third hour, because they knew 
that they would have a break in between airing the conclusion. They, it was, it felt like a bridge. It felt like they had to wrap up some storylines and then also leave you with a cliffhanger for the final two hours. And that really annoyed me, but I want to make sure we hear Veronica's thoughts as well. <laughs> well, one of the things that I was noticing, cause I watched this with my mother and for somebody who's read the comics, a lot of it made sense to me. And I knew what was happening. And I was sitting there going, yes, 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 yes. And my poor mother's like, wait, what happened? Who is that? Why did that happen? Where, wait, where did this person come from? What does that mean? And I realized that when they wrote this, uh, they basically wrote it as, you know, for any comic book lover. But if you're not a comic book lover or a reader or, you know, you don't even have just even a little bit of info on comic books, like, you're sitting there kind of lost. And so that's why when I was watching, like, each hour, I, you know, I'm thinking, oh, you know what, that's going to show up, I bet you, in, in Batwoman or that's going to come up in, in The Legends of Tomorrow or... And so in my mind, I'm mapping it all out and I'm like, yeah, okay, I see how it's going to work. But when you're not a comic book reader, like this is not going to make sense to you. You're going to feel like you're you're kind of being strung along and they're just like pulling you really fast. Mm -hmm. So and I think that's what's happening and, and why so many people are kind of like, I don't understand. Yeah. Um. And I have a, another friend of mine. She's like, can you explain what happened? Can you explain what this meant? Because she really was like, I don't, I don't understand anything that's happening. So I really think that they kind of did a disservice to a lot of TV fans rather than comic book fans. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I feel that's why there's so much, you know, m missed opportunities for a better arc for each of our characters than what we got. But overall, like I'm enjoying it. But again, because I know what's happening and I know who these people are and I know what's going to happen with them. That's, we that's... get it, Veronica. You're smart. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm a dork. <laughs> but that's, that's a very good point. And uh, that, it really, and like I said, if I hadn't, it's been years since I read that, the, the series, and mm -hmm. and I'm glad that I went back and took the time to, to reread it, because you're right, Veronica, because I it's fresh in my mind again, I am able to put A to B to C together mm -hmm. uh, a lot better, and also seeing things like, for example, Tasha calling it with, with Oliver become a specter. Obviously in the, in the comic, of course, it, you know, Jim Corrigan does have a very key role, but, um, but again, yeah. but again, I also see how they, how they're going to maybe work in Oliver's ending as with, with him becoming Spectre and, and, and Sarah reaching back to Elseworlds and the end of season and the end of season seven for Arrow where Felicity goes off with the monitor. Right. You know, this is a little quick theory spiral here. I think I, Oliver is going to serve the role that Spectre played in Crisis and then at the end of end of Arrow, he's not going to be Spectre again. I think this is going to be the way they'll introduce Hal Jordan into the Arrowverse. Right. Yeah, and I mean, if they do that, like, 
you know, I'm all for it. I, I'm not a huge fan of like the whole Lazarus pit thing. Like I've never been a fan of that whole um, storyline, but uh, you know, it's, it's like, I kept telling a friend of mine, I was like, look, you know, at this point, I really don't care how they bring Oliver back. It's the fact that they're bringing him back. <laughs> I'm, I'm okay with it. I'll, I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. Definitely I, I, not picky. Definitely not picky. It was, for <laughs> me, it was just like, I know he's on the show alive. That's all I care about. Let's just get there. <laughs> but I agree that the way that storyline is handled, like I was out, I was out of town over the week, like last week, and I came back to, you know, people adding me on Twitter, like, what is happening? Somebody, please explain to me what is happening. I don't <laughs> understand what is going on. And I'm like, that is, um, that's a failing of writing. Yes. It really shouldn't be just comic book fans like us who know what's happening. And for me, when you have this amount of shows and this amount of episodes leading into the events, they should have definitely done a better job. Like, I don't feel like hour four is when we should just be finding out the backstory of the monitor and the anti monitor. Yeah. We should have seen that. We should yeah. have seen flashbacks of um, Harbinger and the monitor and how they met. They had time all season to get yes. us these moments. Yeah. And the yes. fact that now everybody's like, okay, well, you know, I mean, calling Oliver was going to be Spectre. It was like, oh, well, duh. Because <laughs> all right, we know the comic, but everybody else is really so severely confused yes. about what is happening and where this story is going. And they have two hours and they're trying to figure out in their head, how can you end something like this in two hours when everyone is dead? Everyone is dead. Oliver dead his body is gone yeah how are you gonna fix this yeah. when they're out in the netherverse like what so yeah, yeah th- this yeah. is a big problem i mean since the beginning of arrow this season i and every time lila would pop up i kept waiting for them to talk about this mm-hmm. to bring it up and it never got mentioned, and I kept thinking, okay, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe she's not going to be made into Harbinger. Maybe maybe my theory is just not going to pan out. But then it was like when um, they showed her recently, you know, walking into the alley to meet him, then I was like, okay, you know. I was like, that's a little late, but all mm-hmm. right. <laughs> right. You know, and... Um, yeah. And one of the, the things that I, I did enjoy is kind of, I don't know, seeing, um, I don't know, I guess the way that Oliver is kind of like, each episode, little by little, he's been reflecting on things. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of leading up to all this. So when he died in the first hour, I was like, Wow, okay, so yeah, <laughs> that's what was gonna happen. All right, <laughs> yeah. The, the Lila thing, I was good with 802 when they did like her backstory and she told you know, gave the hint of a story that the monitor may have saved her, and then you see her meet him at the end of the episode. But my biggest issue with the season so far really has been like episode six where they did that loop and I feel like that episode especially since Lyle was in that loop 
would have been a good time to them mm-hmm. for them to actually give her harbinger backstory yes. before they led into her actually being the weapon and becoming the harbinger because without doing that it's just this it's it's an info dump Mm-hmm. And for mm-hmm. people who aren't comic fans, that's just the info dump of all this information they're expected to remember, to understand. So we're really being told, like, okay, every mission Oliver has had was to get the parts, to create a weapon, to create to create a weapon that would activate Lila as Harbinger. Mm-hmm. But without that comics knowledge to be like, okay, well, she's Harbinger, what did she do? <clears throat> What's her purpose? Yeah, exactly. They they really failed the TV fans. You know, I yeah. mean, and let's face it, there's a lot of fans out there that are following the comics now because of the show. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's such a, a bad thing. I mean, this is the last season of Arrow. Speak yeah. And speaking of speaking of comics, I know they are going to do a comic tie-in to mm-hmm to this i think it was going to be set in between hours one and two uh where and actually felicity is going to show up wally west is going to be in the comic uh i think it drops i think either it dropped either yesterday or or next week in 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 walmart uh but it's a special edition uh written by both uh, matt guggenheim and mark wolfman who was obviously the original scrub so uh hopefully that will will um, help bridge some of these things, but you know, Sarah. One of the things that you know you brought up Elseworlds and how complete a crossover event it was, and one of the things we talked about last year when we were teased that Crisis was coming was whether or not, and, and, and hearing Tasha and, and Veronica's discussion right now, looking back at the eight episodes, you know, one of the things we talked about was whether or not they would do you know spread out the crisis over the course of the season and obviously they didn't but i think it you know listening to you guys talk it 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 would have been especially on flash and arrow because these two characters well all the characters but i mean really flat arrow being at its ending flash because way back in season one with the headline flash disappears in crisis you know those are going to be two focal points in in the series and then of course supergirl with the deal that Oliver made with the Monitor, and knowing that Kara, Pat, you know, also dies in in Crisis in the comics, mm-hmm. you know, those are three key characters that they really, you know, Supergirl. I don't know what the hell they're doing this season. I mean, I've, I've just pretty much given up on that show. <laughs> but they, <laughs> but you know, they really could have, as you guys said, used those as earlier episodes to really lay the ground the foundation for crisis so that you know you, you don't have to exactly follow this the, the lines of the comics which and this they are really synthesizing the 12 books into like five episodes and there's a lot <laughs> of like there is a lot there is a lot of information well, that you have to like synthesize there yeah but don't don't promise something and fail to deliver. They exactly. said they've had a year. Okay. The, they knew that they were going to build up to this. And so they have had plenty of time to map it all out and make it work. And I think that what you bring up is um, you mentioned how we've also had a year to prepare ourselves for crisis and for Oliver and Barry 
to prepare themselves to crisis. And yet I felt like watching these first three episodes, they were minor characters. This wasn't about them, really. I think that we saw a lot more of the story told through Harbinger. We saw a lot of the story told through Kara and a lot told through um, Kate Kane. I mean, yeah. those yeah. those three characters, I don't know what kind of deal um, the actress who plays Lila made like when she first joined the show and said, well, when you guys do Crisis, I want a main story. But that's comic accurate. I mean, Harbinger yeah. and Pariah. Right. And, and I'm not trying to say like it's stupid or anything. I was yeah. I was going a different route with it. But okay. anyway, so so it's also interesting. I guess, what about Nash and this whole parasite deal? Because parasite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, oh my God, they failed on that so hard. Oh my God. Uh, yes. I, <laughs> I mean, yes. I knew what was happening, but I'm, my mom goes, who is this doofus? <laughs> <laughs> and I just couldn't stop laughing. She's like, "Why is he wearing that?" So many things were wrong with his appearance. His delivery of his lines in the middle of Oliver dying—it was just all of it was not good. And I'm like, "You introduced Nash before the crisis. You could Wait, have just introduced Pariah mm-hmm. before the crisis." Right around the same time, you destroyed Earth, um, Earth Two, because yeah. he was supposed to be following destruction. So right. they could have introduced him, destroyed Earth Two, and then introduced him on Flash at the same time, rather than having him say, "Oh, I'm here to watch bad things happen." Over Oliver dying, like that was so distracting from the fact that Mia is there crying her eyes out <laughs> over her dead dad. Like, like this whole scene is just not. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that goes back to our earlier point because you know I, I realized that Nash was going to be. I think even on our earlier shows or maybe offline with Sarah, we, I said Pariah. You know, Nash is going to be Pariah, right? And um, and 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 so that was there were early on in the Flash season six where they were spinning their wheels on stories like Nash going off doing things with Allegra and other characters and stuff. And I'm just like, you know, you're right, Tasha. Whenever Earth Two was destroyed, that would have been a perfect point in the storyline to have him go down in that basement. If that was the way they're going to have him become, you know, to become Pariah, that would have been the the, the moment to do it because that would have been like a, a good way to to build up to the crisis with some of these secondary characters. Yeah, yeah. I mean, was it just me or did he have the, repeat the same line throughout the entire three episodes? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was just like, we get it. From him, saying it. Him saying it to um, who said it in episode three? Was it Barry? Oh, that's why you're here to watch to watch right. a catastrophe happen. And I was like, seriously, again with this line about <laughs> <laughs> the right? Just like, we, we get, get it. it. It's yeah. like any time. Um, I think before Will, we were talking about how heading into these seasons, anytime a character would say crisis, my my ears would suddenly go off and I'm like, we know it's coming. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to stop and we get the camera for us. We get it. Something else, though, that I want to talk to you all about is to get your thoughts on the, the long-anticipated cameos. I mean, leading up 
to this event. There was a lot of names drops, characters coming back, and and we got a lot of those in the first few episodes, even in the first few minutes. Uh, my personal favorite cameo was the Lucifer one because I felt as if they utilized that time with that character the most effectively to where it helped move things along. And it was also, he actually got to engage with the characters, unlike some of the other cameos that occurred. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, you know what, again, because I, I love all the comics and I've, I watched all the old, you know, uh, Batman shows when I was a kid and I watched the cartoons. So I was totally like, I was loving uh, it even if they were being killed off in the beginning (laughs) and I got to see Huntress, you know, I I was like, yeah, cool. Um, it was fun. I mean, I don't know, like, I don't know if they were trying to go for anything profound, but for me, it was just a fun way to pay homage to like, you know, these characters that brought this world to life for me as a kid. Mm -hmm. So, um, but the only, I think the, the thing about, um, Lucifer, because see, I don't even watch that show, but I was really kind of excited to see him on because, you know, I knew that he was part of the DC world. And so it was really cool to like be able to see him interact with Constantine, who happens to be one of my favorites. So I was, I was cool with that too. I liked it a lot. But as far as like all the other ones, they were just fun. I wasn't trying to look at them as like some sort of, uh, you know, major plot point or anything. I just figured, you know, they were going to have fun with it, and that's exactly what they did. Tasha? Yeah, for me, um, definitely the Lucifer one. I am a fan of the show. I did. I do watch it. Yeah. It's one of my binge shows, so that was a lot of fun. And, of course, his whole, yeah, hard pass. I'm not going to be in it. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody knew that he was totally going to be in it. And then Huntress was definitely another favorite because I did watch that show. I've seen right. all the episodes. So that was one that I was actually looking forward to. And I did actually appreciate that, um, you know, because they did like, this is world number 666, this is this mm-hmm. world. Like it expanded the universe and it gave you like a perspective, like each of these places and all of these, ex- these um, shows that you've seen or moments that you've seen they're all being destroyed. So it helps, you know, for me, it helps wrap out that story and expand the story from that perspective. Right, right. Well, even stakes. I mean, a lot of us grew up with those shows and characters. And well, if their world is gone, that story is done and over with. And some of the shows are still going. Another cameo that stuck out to me was, of course, Tom Welling. Yeah, yeah. Superman, Superman, Superman. Yeah, that I think for me, I'm at it. I wasn't a big Smallville fan, but I I, I did watch watch it some. For me, it was the camp cameos. It's a toss up between that one and and Kevin Conroy as a as a yeah Kingdom Come Bruce Wayne, um, and also Brandon Ralph as I mean I don't know if it's a cameo, but uh, I just got to say his Kingdom Come Kingdom Come Superman was like the Superman sequel that he should have gotten years ago. Uh, he yeah. he just he just killed it. I mean, I I was just like, it, you know, Superman Returns is def you know it definitely had its problems with the script and the story was just a muddled mess. But I, I always liked him as Superman, 
and uh, and I'm glad he got a, a second chance to to um, to do that uh, to play Superman again. Uh, Tom Welling, like you said, I think that was totally consistent with the super the, the sort of Smallville theme. I mean, it was no surprise when he said, "I renounce my powers." Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, "Okay, yeah, that makes total sense." Um, it makes sense. I was I was surprised by it because I wasn't going into it thinking that that would be the twist. But I like that they did it because it th- there's a humanity to that that I appreciated and a reminder that um, some of these characters they don't they don't want the power or they don't need it and they choose to give it up. Yeah, and and also just his very you know I think it was a nice hat tip to his very conflicted view towards his his time on that show and and how it's impacted his career. So I think it was you know it was nice ending you know cha- closing chapters. Another closed chapter was I loved what they did with John Wesley Ship and Flash Ninety. Yes. With the with the drop there, uh, just with him and Tina. Music, Danny Elfman theme from the—I mean, that was the show that introduced me to the Flash and got me hooked on the character. So for me, I got a lump in my throat seeing when he switched out with R. Barry to be the one that would actually be the one who would stop the uh, the antimatter cannon, uh, and that was just a super nice touch, especially given that that show was just canceled after the first one season and didn't have a finale. So. I mean that to me that was like the the probably one of the things that definitely sticks out to me in the in the crossover. Uh, definitely, I was so like, <gasps> you know, the whole hand to mouth thing when they showed that footage. I was like, oh yeah. my god! Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I haven't seen that since the show ended. <laughs> yeah, I definitely took a breath on that one, and I feel like it was a great ending for his story. Mm-hmm. My issue with it is our current Flash story. Because for me, when you spend an entire season or first half of the season building up to the fact that this Barry is supposed to die to make it another Barry who dies, it just felt like, seriously? What was the point? Yeah. And that, for me, I was just like, eh. Like, I love that it ended the arc of the old flash but it definitely it felt like it undercut our current flash and what so it's like okay well he's a paragon of love and he was supposed to die to save everybody but nope I'm like okay well I mean I said I knew that when they said the flash must die that somebody was going to take his powers like I knew it I've tweeted it I said it yeah but I was still kind of hoping that there would actually be some follow-through on this plot point that's just been going for the last how many episodes. Oh, I mean, since the beginning of the series. Yeah. (laughs) Jeez. No, no, I I see, and I've been saying it all season, that I've kind of checked out of The Flash for that very reason, because I felt as if every episode revolved around him and others getting, not over, but reconciling their their feelings with the upcoming sacrifice and I'm just like we know he's gonna live I don't I don't buy into any of this it's pointless there's no stakes so so the whole switch out I was like yeah okay so and now we're probably gonna create a whole new universe and other things are gonna happen I don't really know but I was just like whatever so 
Um, I, I, I guess I was a pessimistic about it, which, which is funny because when you guys were talking before about Oliver's death in the first episode, that caught me off as surprised because I'm just so used to going into these crossovers and him having a huge, huge story arc in it mm-hmm. that the way he was utilized throughout these first three hours really, I, I it wasn't that I was confused. I was just like, where's Oliver? Why? <laughs> Why can't we spend time with him than <laughs> some of these other people? <laughs> yeah. As um, a diehard Arrow fan, that was that's pretty much my mood. <laughs> yeah. Well, see, I like, felt I that... feel like he had great moments, but they were so spaced out. And because I have like an issue with the pacing, especially in hour three, it's like okay, we're we're heading off to find Oliver. And then they have his, Oliver gets his soul back in two seconds. And then this big moment of him becoming the Spectre. And I guess you guys follow me. So, you know, I've been ranting about this, like a crazy person for months that he was going to become the Spectre. And it's like, oh, going eyes, poop, done. I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. This is all we're getting. And then they disappear from the scene. And even when the um, ship gets wiped out and his body is, that Sarah was supposed to be guarding is now gone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We don't even see that. Like there are people on the ship who died and we didn't even see it. I was like, what is happening? Where is Oliver? What? It was, yep. no. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think, I don't know. Um, when they did that whole switch, like where Harbinger defeats you know, monitor and, and they all start to you know dissipate and Pariah sends them into the vanishing point. <laughs> and then all of a sudden we get like, I, I was sitting there kind of going, wait a second, did we miss something? I kept feeling like I was missing something there. Yes. But when I look back, I was like, nope, I'm not. This is exactly how it went. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And and it's okay, like it it was okay, and I was like, okay, fine, no, I'll, I'll I'll take it. And then all of a sudden, freaking Lex Luthor kills Superman, and I'm like, are you kidding me? That I was really that part right there really bothered me because, um, I I just I really wanted to see Brandon last through the entire like crisis, yeah, and yeah. be able to like. Superman go back to you know wherever and I'm gonna start anew you know and yeah. they kill him <laughs> yeah like, yeah, yeah I... had to have a moment you know and he <laughs> stuck out to me as another person where I'm like I get why you're here but he was so much more menacing in the previous season of Supergirl than he was this entire these entire three episodes he had the great, yes. yeah. He was definitely not as menacing, but he definitely the evil, the, ar- the arrogance definitely came through, uh, especially when he was bouncing from Earth to Earth trying to kill the Superman. So, right. so I, I, I did like that, and, and Lex does have a role in, in, you know, in the in the in the crisis. But I, I but I, I hated it. it was at the expense of, of Superman. Right. Yeah. Well, Kingdom exactly. Superman. And yeah, for me, yeah, that was, there that you was go. also a little bit confusing 
because when he when Lex like shows up and he unfolds the paper, like the paragon that he X'd out basically was the arrow symbol. Mm. There were so many <laughs> paragons, and the arrow, and the, the one that he X'd out and replaced with his name was the arrow symbol. I'm like, but you didn't kill Oliver. Oliver isn't even a paragon. He's the Spectre. You killed Superman. So why? What's happening here? That just made it even more confusing for me. I I didn't even notice the symbol. Oh my god, I have to go back and look. I might have to go back and look at that too. I I missed that. Because I sat there and I looked at the symbols and I was like, oh, because when I first saw them, I thought, oh, it's going to be a mix of old, you know, Mm -hmm. the old heroes that were going to have cameos and the new ones. And then I said, maybe it's really all the old heroes and Oliver. But I was just like, there's an arrow symbol, so Oliver's a paragon. And then they're like, nope, he's not even a paragon. It's all these other random people. And I'm like, all right. And then we get to this point, and it's like, oh, well, I'm going to X out the arrow symbol, and I'm going to be a paragon, and I'm going to kill Superman. And I'm like, but this doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised Mia wasn't one, and they didn't go that route, because she also had a an odd part to play. But I want to I wanna make sure we get to talking about Will's favorite show, Black Lightning, and Yay. how Jefferson finally got to yeah. got to appear in a crossover. I really liked what how they integrated him. I like his whole dynamic with Barry. Barry, for me, the first few few hours, um, he was kind of pushed aside, mm-hmm. and then it took until they figured out what was happening with Flash from Earth 90 and then Jefferson appearing and then where I felt like he finally had more to do and also more people to interact with and Jefferson was a good substitute for Mm -hmm. the dynamic between Oliver and Barry that as viewers we come to expect with crossovers yeah yeah you're right and uh, and before we even so I, I call the black black lightning I guess chapter chapter two and a half because <laughs> it really I, I I've you know I tweeted out to folks you know when folks were like should I watch black lightning this week I'm like definitely because uh, that they did a good job of integrating the current storyline that they've had this season into crisis using Jennifer yeah. and and. Jennifer basically figuring out the multiverse when she encountered Earth One Jen and Earth Two Jen, J I N N, who was a complete cold hearted badass. But <laughs> I mean, but but it, it but it was, it was a good way they did it because it spent this whole arc of basically you had the the extremes of Jennifer's personality and. And, and uh, they've been vague about Black Lightning's Earth. I know on the screen after they said he showed up, they showed Earth 73, but that's a little off because the comic didn't come around, I think, until 75 or 76. So I don't know which Earth our Black Lightning's from, but um, I think him losing his family and, and also, it, you know, to your point, Sarah, about the pairing, it gave what happened in hour three more depth by having it set up in the episode of black lightning this week. And if so, if you, I mean, it's still, I think you could, for most viewers, if you don't watch the show, it, that scene probably still works on some level, but see, knowing Jefferson's backstory and stuff, when he had that scene with Barry, it felt deeper to me 
than yeah. it would have if you, if you hadn't watched the uh, episode of Black Lightning this week. So I feel like it's the the un un the unnamed chapter in the book. Yeah, definitely. I I enjoyed so much that episode of Black Lightning because um, when you know instead of just being like at the very end like oh red skies oh poofy all disappear they actually incorporate Jennifer's powers and how she's still trying to navigate those powers and it worked so well and I was so caught up in that story that come the actual time of like for you know crisis to happen and they're all supposed to just like disappear with the antimatter um I almost forgot that we were going into crisis with that show too Mm -hmm. it just it told the story so well and and I really loved have loved Jennifer's story because she's just torn between so many things going on in her life and and I don't know why I just kind of connect with her so much so I was yeah I was like so caught up in it that I was like oh yeah that's right Jefferson's gonna be in crisis (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah it it really did set it up and I I think the other thing too some of the things that happened in that hour I think are going to impact whenever we get in parts four and five of crisis especially when they had when they go back to the dawn of time in episode four I would think part four of crisis and and when they reverse all this and we get our streamlined arrow streamlined arrowverse because the one gen that was the, I guess the I guess the calm gen <laughs> um, right. was Earth One and so whenever all this is reversed you know Jefferson is going to end up on Earth One and I think uh, that Jefferson and that is uh, on Earth One and Black Lightning. Met his met his demise because he he he, he doesn't have his powers mm-hmm. because of something Anissa did. So uh, to, to with the to take basically protect the metas in Friedland. So I, I'm thinking probably what could happen is just a theory spiral. This Jefferson will adopt that new family from Earth One. Interesting. Okay. Um. Another thing I wanted to talk about is probably my biggest an annoyance of the three hours is I really need to understand what what the timeline of Batwoman is. Because we met her <laughs> Elseworlds. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it was explained to me that, well, in in Batwoman, the first half of the season, it's her, it's 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 um it's set before Elseworlds. Correct. Because she isn't in her costume or anything. So so why did they make reference to the most recent episode of Batwoman? And um, it, it, it just felt weird to me. I felt like the it was out of order and I'm waiting for you to cut me off and tell me that I'm wrong and why, Will. <laughs> yeah, I think it was episode three or four of Batwoman this season that caught them up to the Elseworlds timeline and and present day timeline. Okay. So 
yeah so yeah so yeah you're right you're you're, you're correct the first few episodes were pre-elseworlds and then mm-hmm. uh we got caught up to elseworlds and then what we've been seeing the last few weeks is like running concurrent with everything else okay yeah okay Okay, they <laughs> still could have done a better job with that whole explanation. Just they could have, they could have, but there's but, a but, lot they could have done. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, yeah. but you're right. But the but the but your the, the Batwoman episode to me as 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 we I think you said earlier it was definitely the best hour of of the three uh, as far as the prom crisis shows and uh, I mean I, we should definitely not um, we can't like speaking of Batwoman her interaction with Bruce and mm-hmm. how that fed, you know, fed into her later interactions with Kara. Yes. Um, we can't, we can't let the hour go, let the time go without talking about that. Um, I thought that, you know, you know, the steel line, if you are, you know, if you're hero long enough, you become the villain. I think <laughs> it's how it goes. That <laughs> was clearly yeah. our, kingdom, yeah. Uh, yeah. Our, our, our kingdom come Bruce. Um, yeah. And, just how broken he is and, and the fact that, you know, he didn't have that parental influence and everything and just how he, he, uh, yeah, he just became so dark, but like he was slaughtering people and keeping trophies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah when I saw that, I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, okay. Yeah. I was really, um, caught up in how, Kate was handling Kara in her like weird court like sort of like nervous breakdown over like oh my god you know like Argo's gone my mother's gone my people are gone and it was like all she could think about and I was like wait um can you hold off on that freak out for a minute because you know the universe is about to end and so we have to focus on all these other people but she was like so caught up in that and I really appreciated the way that they had Kate kind of like put her foot down, you know, instead Mm -hmm. of like Mm -hmm. kind of, you know, patting her head and it's going to be okay. You know, Kate really took on that kind of role of like, no, this is how it's going to be. This is why you have to not do it. And she was ready to do whatever it took to continue their mission in protecting or trying to protect what's left. Right. By carrying the kryptonite in her hand, in her suit, her pocket suit, whatever, I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah. like, her lid, I was... Her, her lid yeah. belt. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And I was, like, you know, so I really appreciated that so much because in the end, it was, like, if you think of how Alex usually works with Kara, like, when Kara starts to have one of her little meltdowns, like, Alex goes in and she puts the, her foot down and... and then Carl's like, okay, okay, yeah, you're right, you're right. So it kind of like, you know, felt that way. And I, I appreciated that whole like little interaction they had going, but it did really bother me that Kara just kept going on and on about the book of destiny and wanting to bring back the other earths and or bring back Argo. And I was just like, come on, you're supposed to be what the paragon of hope. Like, come on, let's let's hope that we can save the rest of the multiverse before we try to figure out what we're going to do to bring the rest of it back. Yeah. Right. right. I got it, but I, like, I, I got that, but I also felt like part of it was maybe a little bit of guilt mm. because she did say like, I'll, 
Oliver flat out said, like, I'm dying for the two of you. And she said to Sarah, like, he shouldn't have done that. And Sarah's like, no, he didn't just, he died for you guys. And he also saved a billion people. Like, so I think right. it's like, okay, he died for me to be here. I need to find a way to make that sacrifice worthwhile. And I need to save all of these people. So her obsession, like, I already lost my mom. I already lost it. I'm supposed to be the paragon of hope. I need to find a way to fix this. I need to bring it all back because all these sacrifices just can't be for nothing. Right. Right. So she was kind of spiraling, but I got where her head, where her head was at with it. Right. I I actually think it would have been odd if, if she didn't have any reaction to all of that loss, because if, if we don't count Laurel, which I'm assuming we are not um, as usual, she's one of the only heroes who really loses their earth in this, right. in that sense and and then um is put on this path everyone else their their loved ones and worlds are still functioning so they're in protective mode but she's already lost and so mm-hmm. yeah, when where how are you supposed to interact with everyone and and help them with with the defense defense when you've already lost the game i don't know but um, I, I also, um, it just is a cool dynamic because mm-hmm. Kate, Kate's also the new kid here. She, she filed, this is her, yes, she appeared in Elseworlds, but she had a minimal part. And in this one, she really did a lot of heavy lifting and she did not stick out to me. It felt like she's been, been there before a few times and a lot longer. So, I was really impressed by by the writing and the dam- dynamic, and I like the twist. I like how there's um, some of the same dynamic we get with Barry and Oliver, mm-hmm. the the hope and it versus the the pessimism, but but they also do little twists. Like I don't, I think if if all if Barry was Superman and Oliver was Batman. And they had this arc. I don't think Oliver would have given over the kryptonite at the end of it like Kate did. You're right. Nope. Yeah. He wouldn't have. He would not have. Oh, not a he, chance. He did make yeah. a kryptonite arrow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> You're not wrong there, my friend. Yeah. Oh. That definitely would have happened. Yeah. <laughs> Are, anything else anyone wants to say um, about Crisis, at least the first three hours of it? I, I would love to hear folks' thoughts as far as what we're going to get uh, in hours four and five. An ending. <laughs> An ending. I don't, well, obviously that. But, yeah. But, well, I mean, you know, if, if, if we can get, like, Green Lantern, you know, with Diggle, I mm-hmm. think that's, that's really all I really want, to be honest with you. Like, you know, because, see, for me, like, I know – Arrow's ending, and I am, you know, 100% that Oliver's going to be just fine, and everybody else is going to be just fine. <laughs> um, I just want Green Lantern. <laughs> <laughs> and I, that's, that's, like, because going into Crisis, like, I really didn't pay attention to every little detail, um, because I knew that Either I was not going to be happy or I was going to be happy or whatever. Um, and I just wanted to watch this and just enjoy it without criticism because 
Otherwise, I have these high expectations and then I would be really disappointed. So, so far, I'm enjoying it mm-hmm. because I am a comic book lover at heart. And I do enjoy all the little, you know, Easter eggs that have been dropped and, and all the little, you know, um, cameos of all these people. And I love it all. Um, I just, in the end, my big hope is for Green Lantern. <laughs> and that's really the biggest thing that I want. Because I'm, I'm at a point now where I just want it to come to that. And that's it. And and I know it's really ridiculous for being an, an Arrow fan. But I'm, I'm one of those very few people out there that believes in a hero's death. I believe in having a hero die in a very courageous, brave way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then somebody who loved him just as much, who picks up the mantle and says, I'm going to make them happy. And I, so I'm be okay. If, if Oliver did die, then I would be okay with that. But I would love it if he came back, you know, <laughs> like yeah. a whole person and not just like a ghostly spirit. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm pretty much right there with you. Uh, for me, going to, into crisis, my expectations aren't weren't very high because I'm not really going into crisis as a Supergirl fan or as a Flash fan. I'm an Arrow fan, so my focus was pretty much them finishing out Ol- Oliver's story well and Easter eggs. Like that's pretty much what I'm here for. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's it. That's all. That's all I really need. And definitely Dick is Green Lantern. I think I've ranted about this every other day for the last year and a half. <laughs> that that's all. I need. <laughs> yeah. Ever since they, me. yeah. Ever since they introduced the Stewart, Colonel General Stewart. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's my constant. I'm like, just give me what I want, and get, like these, these um, uh, bloggers that keep hinting that there are things happening with this and they just won't give me what I want. It's very, very, very annoying. <laughs> Hurry up already. This it's like for crying out loud, he has the green glow in his helmet. The, the helmet, the new suit with the extra green in it. His dad, his dad's Stuart. Like it's right there. Just give it yeah. to me. <laughs> and I'm like, and as my spec, I've been saying, I'm like, they have Kevin Smith. He's right there. His stupid story's right there. Just give me Diggs Green Lantern and Oliver's Arrow because that's what they're supposed to do. And let's just wrap this story. That's all <laughs> yeah. I, want. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that right now, going into the final two episodes of Crisis, and more importantly, the final episode of Arrow, it's just about closure. I don't know if I want anything. I've, I haven't really been on the Crisis bandwagon this past year because I, I think it's stupid to announce something so far in advance. I think it's really lame how how we've had this buildup and enough time to get overly high expectations and to, to be, I think, genuinely disappointed in the overall product because there's so much hype around it. Mm-hmm. At the same time, I'm glad that we're finally through the halfway point because I don't know how much more I could do with just speculating about what it would be like. 
And and I, I need them to wrap it up. I need to know what happens to Barry. I need to know what happens to Oliver. Barry is really, I'm worried about, because I'm worried about what post-crisis Flash looks like, you know? <laughs> What, what, how are they, what are they going to do for the second half of the season, considering everything they built around during the first half, arguably even including blood work, really revolved about crisis? Like, what, who is this character these days? And, and especially, he just lost his, another father figure. What does that mean? What, what's going on with him and Iris? Iris, who has always been really, cool about her husband dying in my opinion <laughs> right so, so so i i really i it's not that i'm expecting anything from crisis i'm really actually more curious about what post crisis looks like for these heroes mm. right yeah yeah, yeah. I agree. And picking up on that point, Sarah, as far as what post-crisis looks like, because I mean, the obviously the they're going to have to, you know, the whole purpose of crisis originally was to streamline the DC universe. And so this is a television way of streamlining all these shows into to one universe. And so... It, you know, so for me, I, overall, I've I've enjoyed the the crossover. Um, it, I, you know, I, I tried, you know, like you, I, I I tried to keep the expectations, government expectations going into it, so I could just sit back and enjoy it as a fan. And I have, mm-hmm. um, I really have. I, I can't sit here and say I, I haven't. I, I really have enjoyed the series uh, up to this point. I think just you know, looking at the teaser, you know, a lot of people are making a lot of you know, at least on the Flash side of the of the house, which I'm the Flash fan here. Uh, you know, the is that the trailer for Part Four has a glimpse of Reverse Flash. That people are like, you know, going back to the headline again, and and of course Oliver saying Barry, you're in the Speed Force. So of course I'm curious, like, okay, how are they going to basically bring everything back? Because that did happen in the comic, and 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 will our Paragons be the only? You know, will be will they be the only ones who realize what went on, and will all the other folks not have memories of it, or will they have memories of it? So those those are some of the things I'm looking for. To your point, Sarah, as far as what the post-crisis world and post-crisis Arrowverse looks like, because um, yeah, and we'll get some more fan service, I'm sure. Maybe maybe we'll finally get the Glitz Green Lantern, and um, maybe we'll get some other. Awesome cameos. Uh, love it. Somebody from Krypton showed up or something. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> probably. I know it's not going to be Segel, but um, but yeah. I mean, I, that's moving forward. That's what I am looking at. I guess, like you said, Tasha, part four will probably wrap up a lot of things because you know, part five really I think is sort of serves as a kickoff for Legends of Tomorrow. So um, yeah. I guess that'll be the. I guess that'll that'll start answering some of our questions. What the post crisis Arrowverse looks like? Oh man, yeah, I would love it if we got Walter. You <laughs> <laughs> like Krypton? I was like, oh, come on, like just bring back yeah, Walter. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, so great. And as far as like people remembering, I have said it like before, but I really want Mia and William to remember. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna be really bummed if they don't because I feel like a huge portion like last season was their time with their mom in the future and her teaching them 
in her own way for them to be heroes. And this season has been their dad teaching them how to be heroes. So if they, you know, I'm cool with, I can accept them um, changing bits of the future to give them a better future, but I want them to actually remember this time that they had with him. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a very good point. Because, I mean, I think it has been confirmed that the show is going to be in 2040. So, yeah. All right. Um, so let's let's wrap it up before we get too caught up. We could probably go another few hours talking about post-crisis speculation. Save that for another day. Um, Will, why don't you tell our listeners where they can find you? Yes, you can find me at Will M. Polk. That's W-I-L-L-M-P-O-L-K. And Veronica, where can our listeners find you? You all can find me on Twitter at Nerdy Chicana, N-E-R-D-Y-X-I-C-A-N-A. And Tasha, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at Hindsight20, H-I-N-D-S-I-T-E-2-0. And you can find me at SJ Belmont, S-J-B-E-L-M-O-N-T. Please follow our crew on at Cena Nerd. Friend us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. But most importantly, rate, subscribe, and comment on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, YouTube, and Spotify. Good night, geek out. You're welcome. special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.